Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome you. Welcome you to Porch Talk. I'm excited about this one. Um, I got my boy Alex Hinton here with me. This is an episode I've been wanting to do for some time. Uh, How we met... I guess it would be through open mics as far as like actually uh, exchanging more than words other than random meetings. And Alex would jump in and play some drums with me sometimes. And um, It was always a good time. Always a good time. I love those open mics, man. <laughs> and uh, that, is, that is where you shine to me. And I'm so thankful for uh, your work and what you do for the music community in Columbus, Mississippi. I mean, open mic is a... A thing that's personal to me like i i want it to keep happening it's where i got any sort of start in music right getting to play with musicians i had never met before that's where we all start right yeah it's how it starts you get get out of your comfort zone start playing music or you start playing music get out of your comfort zone and then progress farther out of your comfort zone with musicians you've never met, mm-hmm. and you get comfortable there, then you can progress to worlds beyond that. Definitely. Definitely. And man, just to open that up, I got a picky brain, Alex. I All right. A, I got a picky brain, man. Oh, tell, tell me about growing up. Like, not only are you a musician, you're also an artist. Yeah. Uh, a tattoo artist. Uh, currently, tattoo apprentice. But yeah, I. I don't know where to start with that. Let me uh, let me let me, <laughs> let me ask you this, um, man. Growing up, like, when did music just connect with you? And like, I guess as far as art goes, like, uh, if you could nail off, you know, one of the first images that just kind of just struck you to where it was like. I want to do that. Uh, I guess music has always been, always been kind of special to me. Like I could, I could keep time as a child. I couldn't play anything. Obviously, I was four or five years old, but yeah. I'd tap my foot in time. Mm-hmm. So once it got to be around the time uh, where you pick PE or marching band. I picked band and right. went from there. Uh, as far as visual art, that's a that's a harder one. I was probably in high school, mm-hmm. and I'd say probably uh, M.C. Escher was probably the first time I saw something. I was like, that that's a beautiful thing. I was so late to like the visual art game because like nothing, nothing ever really stuck out to me. I went to a university of Mobile. It's a, it's a private Christian college and they have, they have an arts department, 
and they would display like the art. And when I was in the music program for a year, and so right when you walk in the music department, you see all the art, but nothing ever like just grabbed me until I met Joe McGowan. And he was he was the first artistic mind that I had on the show, and it was at a it was at an art festival. I was working with Monson and Brothers, all right. And I walked by his booth, and I saw some. It was he's, the first first time ph- I. He's a phenomenal artist. Yeah. For one. First time I'd ever seen any of his art, and I, it just stops me in my track. That came out of your mind. <laughs> you you did that. Where where'd that come from? From brain. To shoulder, to elbow, to wrist, to hand. Right? Straight out of his mind. Yeah. And, like, that is what really turned me on the art. And then uh, Abe Partridge, uh, he's a musician. Uh, phenomenal songwriter. I highly recommend that. But he also does art, and his art is insane. I love it. Like, I'm, he's an Alabama astronaut. That's an art club you can be in. It maxes out at 100 members. <laughs> Only 16 spots left. That's- that's practical for a for an art club. Yeah. 100 members tops. And so like every month you get these you know prints of the, all these original pieces that he's done and they're all so good cuz it, it deals with something that I I deal heavy in and like that's where I've kind of found like my visual artist like when you paint a musician or when you paint a musician and put his words on something or oh. you, he paints vinyls. Oh, and I was, Ooh, I'm struck by this, you know. So I was so late to the art game, man. Like it, it never did anything for me. I was always like in tune with music, you know, like you, you know. I was. Tech- you can you can listen to music, yeah, but it takes a little bit more to appreciate visual art. I, I think in so. my opinion, I think so. Uh, you have to not only know what you're looking at, but also have an idea of what the artist meant to portray sure which is it could be the same way interpreted with music right because like when you hear a song let's just say it's by someone you don't know uh just some celebrity let's just you know out there if we i don't know black keys okay and we heard uh off their latest album we heard shine a little light uh, it's the first track. It's a it's a banger. Right. It's got a sick little solo lead ride. Um, shine a little light, and we hear the words. Well, we could we could make it spiritual. Yeah, we, we could we could make it like I am going through something. I just need a little light. It feels so dark, and so well, that, be... that that's the difference in music and art to me. Yeah. Like the visual side of it is like when I see something, that's it. It's almost like having videotape. It's like that's well, you're perceiving it visually as opposed to just hearing it. Well, if you hear something, then your brain creates the image without your eyes doing right. any work. Right. And so your imagination plays. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, and that's kind of like inspiration, right? That's like where you get inspired by, like, oh, well, I heard this. If you're a drummer. You can, you can hear a song that has nothing to do with what the song is about. Mm-hmm. Or you can hear a song that has one one meaning. It's what the song is about. And what you take from it could be something completely different. Absolutely. Every time. But that's inspiration. Yeah. Like, I I mentioned uh, M.C. Escher earlier. I don't draw anything like M.C. Escher. Mm-hmm. 
like far from it. He is very geometric. Um, I'm I'm not. <laughs> very. Uh, my personal art tends to be more cartoonish, like animations and uh, surrealist. Yeah. Uh, I'm closer to Dolly than Escher. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not comparing me to Dolly, by the way. You just lean more that way. Yeah, I lean more in that direction. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen your stuff. You yeah. And by the way, you asked me some time ago, we're going to do this. My, I, I do want you to see my tattoo tonight, and I want you to think about like what you would do to fix it, because it is trash. All right. We'll, we'll talk about that. Look, all I've been thinking about for the past, <laughs> I don't know, six months is how can I be a better tattoo artist? Yeah. It's cool, man. So you you give me a pre-designed design, I will see what I can do to fix it. Yeah. Oh, I've got some trash for you, buddy. <laughs> I can't wait for you to see it. I almost want to just put it on the mic so you can get like your verbal reactions like, you let somebody do that to you. Oh, no, 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 no. Way before I would do that, I would... I feel like it's going to be more entertaining for you to look at my tattoos that I did to myself. Uh, oh. That's part of, uh... Part of being an apprentice is you have to tattoo yourself. That way you know what you're putting somebody else through. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said... Got him. <laughs> look directly at it. Go ahead and get it. <laughs> My man, like, that is crazy. That's a good looking, that's a hand. Yeah. And for, for those of y'all listening, it's like, you know, the... The circle game. Yeah. He's got uh, it. He's got it. <laughs> fair, fair warning. If I ask you to look at my tattoo, don't look immediately if it's below my knee. There you go. It was a pointer I didn't even receive. Fair, fair warning. I wish I received it. <laughs> but we're talking about inspiration, man. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about growing up and like who were those cats that you heard on your radio uh, that just oh, that man. just made you want to be a drummer, be a guitarist, like be involved in music? What what happened? I guess I should so guitar is my primary instrument and it's it's very subtle things. Like, uh, there's a scene in the movie The Crow. Now you're talking to me. Where <laughs> there's a scene in the movie The Crow. It's where, uh, oh, I can't remember his name in the movie. But he's having a bit of a breakdown. And he's on a rooftop in the rain playing guitar. It's super overdriven super reverb heavy and I wanted to be able to play that <laughs> that specifically yeah and it it spoke to me but outside of stuff like that uh Prince has always been a big inspiration to me yes my mom is probably the biggest Prince fan you've ever met uh pretty sure Lance Cooper will try to fight her over it I'm pretty sure he has <laughs> tried and lost <laughs> Love him anyway. Yeah, man. But uh, no, uh, Prince, Bill Withers, 
uh, is another big one specific yes. specifically with songwriting. Man, he Bill Withers was able to communicate feelings on a whole nother level. That's just it. That was one thing um, Bill Withers always strikes me is because he got in the music game and he made some great work and then he stepped right out because he liked the normal life. Yeah. Like he, he didn't want to he didn't want to be on a pedestal, you know, and no, like No, he didn't want to be famous. He just wanted to make music. Yeah. And then it just got too much for him and he was like, I, I didn't want this. I didn't, I didn't want that. He he did what Bob Dylan should have done. Mhm. Ooh, that's a that's a good point. I like I that. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I love Bob Dylan. I hate listening to Bob Dylan sing Bob Dylan songs. It's so much better but, when someone else sings it, isn't it? Right? Every time. I'm, like I'm Jimi Hendrix and Hendrix, Metallica even. Yeah. I will call them back. Uh, but no, Dylan songs are better when somebody else sings Eric them. Clapton. Clapton's another good one. I'm telling you. Dude, like, his influence on me and just, like, on the music community is, like, uncanny. Yeah. But it's it's always, like you said, is I always like your songs better. Now, granted, We're, I would love to see him live. Oh, hands down. Yeah. I'd love to see him. Of course. But, I, I, but I'm with you. I, was, I think all your covers are better all, than what you all did. The, all the people covering your songs... It sounds better when they do it. Yeah. Now, I'm not taking anything away from me because look who covered you. Metallica covered you. you oh, know? speaking of covers. Clapton covered you. This is a, a little bit of a side rail. Okay. So, a lot of people don't know. Bob Dylan's son is the lead singer of the Wallflowers. Yeah. They covered my favorite BG song ever. I started a joke. And it is fantastic. I I love that Dude, cover of that song. I like the Wallflowers. One headlight, uh, you can't get away from oh, the hits. Yeah, you can't. And every now and then they'll come up on the radio and like, this is it. like if you're riding in the car with somebody, be like, who is this? That is Bob Dylan's son. I'm I'm typically <laughs> like, that's the Wallflowers. But then I have to explain. I, I saw you, the Wallflowers. You need to live. know why that's yeah, important. Yeah. I saw him live at a Memphis May Bill Street Music Fest, right? I was standing next to this old couple. You know, they're probably in their 50s or 60s. And it was about a song or two into the Wallflowers. And they was like, he reminds me of somebody. I wonder why. That's Bob Dylan's son. And I thought the wife's head was going to explode. She was like, yeah. I, I love Bob Dylan. I was like, well, it makes sense that you like this. And if you if you actually listen to how he sings, his mannerisms, it those little nuances in how he sings, mm-hmm. it's exactly like Bob Dylan, exactly. I always and hear, you, I always hear his daddy. I can't unhear it, <laughs> and it. I probably only learned that maybe four years ago, which. I mean, no big surprise. The Wallflowers haven't been a big name for a long time. You know, they're not, like, prominent. But... They're, like, on the mid-range of music. But they were 
they were big when I started playing guitar. And so I'm I'm surprised it didn't Let's go occur there. to me sooner. Let's go there. How old were you when you started playing? Uh, it was 19 years ago. I'll give you that. Okay. I'll, I would like to retain my modesty. Cool enough. <laughs> it was 19 years ago. I was in high school. Just starting high school. I started 15 years ago. And, uh, you know, like, it was crazy, like, the influences that made me want to pick up guitar. Number one, it was, like, my boy Sid Moore tore up the talent show one night playing Proud Mary by CCR. Okay. And that changed my life. And then I had the weirdest influences, like, System of a Down made me want to play guitar. System of a Down was, so the first band I was in, System of a Down was one of the had one of the only songs that we covered. And I mean, this is like middle school, high school. Did y'all do Spiders? What did you do? We did uh, Toxicity. Dope. Oh, that is dope. And I was... I got asked to join this band because I can sing the low notes. Mm -hmm. That was it. And we never practiced. (laughs) Starting to sound like a... Like a band to me. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a, a number one garage band quality band. Uh, in later years, I ended up playing with some of the same guys who were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, specifically, as time went on, they just got better. And I quit just singing because I'm not the best at that. I'm... All right at guitar. Yeah. And I'm all right at singing. But if I had focused on singing, that would have been the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel you, man. Uh, we covered Toxicity. And this is before I started playing guitar. After that, like after being around musicians, like uh, my buddy Tyler had a drum kit and... He was obsessed with Metallica at the time. Yeah. So he was actually a really good drummer, considering. He was, like... Again, not not exposing uh, my age. He was in early high school. <laughs> uh, but he was keeping up with Metallica drum parts. Yeah. Like, from the older albums, like... 80s and things. Yeah. Ride the Lightning. Ride the Lightning, uh, Justice for All. Yeah. Like, around... Before Black. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, the good albums. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't judge me. There's no judgment here. Because I, I think Metallica fans agree. I don't know. You know? Like, when they did... Uh, I remember 99.9. It's almost been 10 years when they were, like, um, constantly playing... The latest Metallica, and it was that pirate song. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. I can't even remember the name of the album. And I was like, "Oh my god!" It was either Metallica's way better than this. Was it? It was after Saint Anger. Was it some kind of monster? I think it was some kind of monster. Into Becky's chamber. <sighs> In my best Metallica. 
that that James Hetfield. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, let's let's get back. let's get back. Sorry to sidetrack. Yeah. So you had a you had this band and y'all did a cover of System of a Down and. Uh, well, then I I got to see what being around people who played music was like being around musicians in general. Yeah. Um, I got to see kind of as much as you can at that age with other people your age. Like, this is how music works. Yeah. And at that point I was like, well, I've got more to say than this, than just like saying somebody else's lyrics. Thank you. I wanted to, like, I had more to say, so I wanted to say what I had to say, but uh-huh. there was no guitar part for that already, so right. I started learning guitar, and uh, I didn't quit. I sat in, at, I actually sat in this room and practiced constantly, mm-hmm. to the point where my mom yelled at me a what lot. Was you, what was you playing? Uh... I had, did you have like specific scales, or like did you have people that you were uh, emulating, or what did that look like? Oh, you mean like what? What like content was I playing? Yeah, uh, I guess. Uh, oh wow i I didn't start learning scales until a few years after learning to play guitar. <laughs> we're all that way, aren't we? I I learned, I learned all the self taught folks like. Forget the things you actually need. I just want to rock. Yeah, pretty much. And then you go back to the scales and it's like, oh, this is how this thing works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I learned... I've learned so much that I've forgotten most of it. Uh, I learned a lot of Sabbath. Uh, learned some Iron Maiden. Uh, Iced Earth. Yeah, you wouldn't. He's a heavy guy. You wouldn't be able to tell it from what I play now. Yeah, uh, I play way more acoustic now. But yeah, it was. Uh, I think some of the attitude still pours out, though. I mean, as time progressed, I found uh, I found that punk was was more of a a niche for me. Mm-hmm. So, like you hand me a guitar I I'll probably play an Alkaline Trio song <laughs> yeah which isn't like it's not classic punk it's not like the Sex Pistols or the Ramones or anything like that right. it's more contemporary yeah uh, but it's what you came up on it's what you're into yeah I mean I I listened to punk and metal and so i play punk and acoustic now which is super weird that's one thing about your songwriting man that um that i always enjoy is like especially when it's acoustic open mic and i want to bring back light to this i want to talk about the columbus music scene for a second all right and um guys if you're unaware if there is a happening in columbus Alex probably has his hand on it, or somebody's talked to Alex about it. Uh, he oh, is shucks. he he's he really is like the one of our champions of 
of music. I, I would say that, man. I would give that to you. Because, like, every time, you know, Princess is no more, and now the tavern opens up, and then an open mic happens for the tavern, who's doing it? I don't know how that worked, but yeah. I saw I saw that Alex was putting it up, and I immediately knew. I was like, I like playing them open mics at the Princess of Alec, and I know I'm going to play these open mics at the tavern with him, because I like working with him. I like playing with my, him. I like being around him, you know? My whole goal is, I've got to harken back, and then I'll jump back forward. Come on. So, after being in bands that didn't play any shows and covered System of a Down songs, I started playing with bands that we wrote our own music and we didn't play as many covers, but we needed a place to play. So we went to open mic nights. Yeah. And it was at open mic nights that I started meeting other musicians who helped me grow as a musician. I'm a firm believer that every city with any sort of like musical inclination needs an open mic night. Can I tell you this? Is I want to take Columbus to a new level. This is what I want. I want I want an event that happens once a week when everything goes back to normal. Right? If we see normal again. But you know That's what I a- would <laughs> but you know what I would love? Is I would love for us to start at seven o'clock. And for us to go to 11. I want our painters and our artists who do visual art. Okay. I want them to paint what is being done on the stage. And I want our open mics to be... It starts out with spoken word or poetry. Then we might do comedy. And then we'll bring on our musicians and we have our artists, and maybe we can bring, we can exchange out artists, like, and and let's let's paint what's happening. Let's 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 recreate the atmosphere. Let's respect the the venue that is allowing us to do this. But I also want to charge a cover. I don't I don't believe that you should be able to walk in the door and just get this. I, I would like like a cheap cup, like two or three bucks. You know. Look. Uh- a two dollar cover is not too much to ask. I'm gonna, and I, I would like for people to care about what we're trying to do in every aspect of what we're doing. We have poetry, we have art, we have music, we have comedy. We're trying to we're trying to establish ourselves as a community that has good musicians, good comedians, good poets, good writers, good that has artists a lot, that has a lot to offer. It's like why but, can't why can't we celebrate this being, one night a week? It's not being received by most anyone, but it's there. Look, I can I can sit in this room and play guitar to my heart's content. Yeah, me too, man. You know, but if I just sit here in this room, it's not going to leave this room. And that's part of why open mic night is such a big deal to me. Yeah. And that's why I love your heart. That's why I like is like I feel like you're fighting for it because it. Dude, I know that it was important to me when I was. I'll I'll tell some of my age now. Okay. Uh, when I was fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, 
by then I had started playing in bands. I mean, the 18 part. Uh, I had started playing in bands, so you guys do the math. Uh, 18 plus 15 plus 19. (laughs) 18 plus 15 plus 19? That's a big number. That's bigger than I am old. Uh, But I had started playing in bands by then. But I had only been able to do that because of open mic night. Because I was able to reach out to other musicians. And maybe they weren't musicians who I played with. Yeah. But they were musicians who told me, hey, you're going to ruin your amp by doing that. You're going to piss off the crowd by doing that. Right. So don't do that. Or, hey, I like what you're doing with this. Keep doing that. Yeah. Uh, I like the way that you structure your songs or... Your stage presence. Nobody told me that. I have a terrible stage presence. Never heard that. (laughs) I've never heard that. But, without Open Mic Night, I wouldn't be half the musician I am. I love supporting it. I I like going out to it, even if I don't play. You know what I mean? Even if you don't play? That is just as good to me. I'm, I'm all for people coming out and playing. But if you just want to come out and see the show, I just want to celebrate it. Just and what's crazy out, to me is like, I don't mind. I don't people. mind paying for it. Like I would love for people. I'm I'm wholeheartedly against people paying for open mic night. You are. Yeah, you should not pay for open mic night. Let me let me clarify. Okay. If I'm hosting open mic night, please pay me. But if you're coming out to see it, you shouldn't have to pay. It's open mic night. I you think, should you should be able to walk in off the street, and if the mood strikes you, you should be able to sign up and play that night if there's space. Mm-hmm. Like if there's time allotted, where sure we've got an opening at now ten let, o'clock. Let me clarify. Cool. Let me clarify. Like my rules for like if you pay is musicians who will. And if in my perfect world, the artist and, you know, the spoken word, poetry, and the com- comics, they wouldn't, oh. they wouldn't pay the cover. No. They, they would be there. Yeah. And I would also say this, and like a lot of people would get away with this, but I would be okay with it, is if you're a prospect, like if you were literally there just to dip your toe... I wouldn't want you to pay a dime. All right. Because more than... I, I would love to know that you wanted to do it. And if I was the one playing... Like, how many times, man, have have we done these open mics? And I've, I've probably been at six of them. I've been at upwards of 50 a year. Yeah. For you know, years. Yeah. Right. But I always try to involve someone... Yeah, absolutely. I, I always ask, it was like, what are you going like, to play? I'm going to play my shit. Do you want to, would you mind playing drums with me? Yeah, I've, uh, I've always done that. Yeah. Which is which is how musicians network. Yeah. That's how you get to know other play musicians. It, it might be like absolute trash, you know, like I've, and I'm sure you have this too, it's like I've got a, I've got a network of people that 
you know, when I write a song, I put it out to the, the network, oh, yeah. you know, and we test it or whatever, you know. And when I told I'm gonna, them, I'm when I touch on that in just a second. When I told them about, it's like, what do you think about me just going to these open mics and just, you know, waiting fifth, sixth round and just seeing what comes up? And if I see someone I've never heard, like when they get done playing, it's like, I'm going on in 30 minutes. Play lead with me if you're bad. What does that hurt? What are you going to play? It doesn't hurt. What are you going to play? I'm going to play my stuff. I don't do covers. I play original music. That's fine. Well, what are you going to play? I'm going to tell you when we get up there. Me just, personally. Just feel it. Me personally. I get excited about that. And that's, that's you've always <laughs> taken me up on it. I, you never turned me down. I want to play. Yeah. I was like, we're musicians, right? And it's awesome. Let's collaborate. It's Let's what, have fun. It's part of what open mic night is for. Yeah. It's like, we're not out here trying to have the greatest show of all time. We're just trying to feel some stuff out, right? So, speaking of feeling stuff out, this is going to be a shameless plug. Fair warning. Go for it. So, at band practice, John and I realized we had started playing a song that we had played together. That we hadn't played together in years. Yes, Coffee Girl. Wish that I had the time 
made my day, my flickering smile. I know I may not see you again, my cabbagee on girl, losing your page, spilling your coffee. But you're cracking a smile I hope that I can see you tomorrow And the next day Dark roast and a smoke Same place, same time Dark roast and a smoke Same place, same time It's a solo recording, so you don't get to hear the. You don't hear the, the John su- part. The super dope bass line that John wrote. Right. Which is better than any bass line I could have come up with it. Come up with for it. Uh, but I think we're gonna we're gonna incorporate that into the moves. That song. Oh. Oh, it's a, it's looking that way. Maybe we, we tested the waters at last practice. We might test the waters a little bit more at next practice. That's cool, man. Well, let's just go there for a second. So the right moves, the moves, the moves we're, uh, we kind of need to rebrand for, Ah. for two reasons. Yeah. One John hates the name The Right Moves. <laughs> I don't blame him. It was kind of a joke to begin with. Because he's John Wright, and it's spelled like his yeah. last name. It's, it is Remember super... his face on the shirt? On the shirt? On the shirt? On the <laughs> buttons? On the stickers? <laughs> yeah. Do you... You couldn't wait, escape were you, it. Were you there on Halloween when they made... John Wright masks? No. It was just his face glued to sunglasses. That's a bit much. Oh, yeah. No, it was because John hates the name. (laughs) He does. And collectively, with Mike moving to Virginia and me stepping in, I won't say stepping into Mike's place, because Mike is very much still a part of the band. Uh, we just I, have, I have a lot of respect we have for, to s- for the name change. Uh, just out of respect for Mike. Not yeah. only respect for what John would want. Yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for that because you have a brand new person stepping in and it's going to totally change the sound. Because you don't process music the way that Mike does. No, not at all. You well, could, I I will say not at all, but we have uh we have our similarities and we have our differences. You're a different mind. Oh yeah. Yeah. But that being said, Mike is hands down one of my favorite songwriters from the Golden Triangle of all time. I have to recant that statement. 
He is my favorite songwriter from the Golden Triangle of all time. Possibly my favorite songwriter from the state of Mississippi of all time. And go ahead and take that to the bank. Mike can write. Oh, yeah. I've I've been listening to Mike play since I was in my mid-teens. Yeah. And he has yet to let me down. You know... Every song is solid. When I had the right moves on the podcast, and I was, you know, it, it's hard. And... I like I like one v one, right? It's it's yeah. hard to do a whole band, especially if it's a four or five piece, right? Yeah. Um, but when Mike would come up, you could just hear Mike talk, and you could tell, you know, he he's got a heavy hand in the writing. He's. I'll say it again. He's my favorite, my personal favorite singer songwriter. From the Golden Triangle, period. Hands down, he's the best. Fight me. Okay. (laughs) Square up. Yeah. Well, man, let's move on a little bit more about yourself. Um, Not only are you into the musical side of things, but tell me a little bit about the visual. Tell me a little bit about the tattoo art. I... All right, uh, I guess. Well, as of it? I guess I've been an apprentice at Darkwater for two years. The second year was my choice. I could have just gone with a full license, but I opted to remain an apprentice. Mm-hmm. I felt like I still had a lot to learn. I did one apprenticeship prior to this, um, about ten years ago. Can I can I stop you right there, like just to get me in the tattoo world? Like, what is what does that even mean? Like, when when you step when you say you want to do tattoos, what is a tattoo apprenticeship? Like, what what are the ranks of like being able to tattoo a person? Um. How much am I allowed to swear? All the time. Anytime. So you start out, shop bitch. Uh, That's what you're going to do. You're going to do all the cleaning, pick up. If you're lucky, you get to set up for tattoos. This is my, from my first apprenticeship, what I learned, Mm -hmm. which this apprenticeship is world's different you'll be amazed at how much 10 years can change an industry uh the first apprenticeship we could could go into stigma and we could go into a lot of things though yeah but i mean i'm just talking about the apprenticeship oh um well let's dig that how much has that changed what did that look like 10 years ago 10 years ago i couldn't touch a tattoo machine Swept, mopped, uh, 
sanitized everything, made appointments. I was essentially shop manager without getting paid. Shop manager. Without getting paid. Oh. I also clean tubes, which is a whole process in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, kept up with records and... It's not the same now. I go in, I draw tattoo designs. And I work on booking appointments. Yeah. Completely different world. It's not a paid apprenticeship. I don't have to book anybody else's appointments. I don't have to maintain anybody else's schedule. I don't have to do anybody else's side work. There's no, like, hey, go get me food. Hey, go pick my kids up from daycare. None of that. Right. Now it's very much, all right, I'd show up to work. And you're kind, if you're kind I... kind of seen as an equal at this point. Somewhat. Not... Not equal, but I am definitely seen as as a type of peer. Okay. I am looking to move farther into it, and the person mentoring me is allowing me to do that. Okay. Specifically in legal means. Mm-hmm. Because, no offense to any scratchers, I like having having the law on my side. It's a good thing, right? <laughs> to know you're not breaking the law. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I'm if I'm abiding by the law, then I'm not gonna get a cease and desist notice yeah no I'm just gonna have to maintain my license and my records and continue to not fuck up yeah let me ask you this is uh what does putting your art on another person's body mean to you I feel like that's almost a trick question. Okay. Because I've put my art on somebody else's body, and so I've had somebody else put my art on somebody else's body. Wow. Okay. And I've also put some I don't care on somebody else's body. Lord have mercy. Let's go there. <laughs> most most tattoos... Tell me about these different moods. Most tattoos, I don't care about. If it's something that I drew because I enjoyed drawing it, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. That's my art. Yeah. Most things that people want, I don't care about drawing. I can draw it, and will draw it, and will gladly do it. Now, but it is not my art. We said that this would come up. Let, let's stop there, we'll go back to it. But let's just talk about, like, uh, skin's a lot different than paper. Oh, yeah. 
It's also a lot different than lemons. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's talk about this. So we got a lemon out there. Yeah. So uh, when you got here, I had just finished giving a lemon a stick and poke tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I don't want to lose train of thought. Let's talk about like differences, then we'll go to the skin and poke. Alright. What, uh... Just just back to, like, the beginning of tattooing for you is, like, the differences. And so your art, putting it on somebody versus, like, just putting on something that you don't really care about. Well, putting it on paper is one thing. I can I can do it a million times on paper. I'm only gonna get to do it once on a person. Yeah. And it's kind of there. Well, it's got to be right the first time. Yeah. Different skin is different. So, uh, for instance, if you're uh, older or have a little little extra weight your skin might be a little bit looser right that affects how that affects part of how I approach tattooing you that's wild to you know they had the forethought on that you know because you had to think about those kind of things something I never would because we're talking like art man this is like uh Media, like the type of thing that you're going to put your art on. Yeah. And we're talking about putting art on human skin. Well, it's not like a canvas. Yeah. Or actually, in some ways, it is. A well-stretched canvas is like uh, somebody in their mid-twenties. That's a well-stretched canvas. Uh, Somebody fit... uh, not like overly muscular, just like average person. Yeah. Is like a well stretched canvas. And you go to paint on that, it's almost ideal. But you also have, uh, do they go tanning a lot? Uh, do they spend a lot of time in the sun? What kind of clothes do they wear at yeah. work? Like, if you've got to wear... Like, or are they getting it? Yeah. Well, that's a whole nother thing. That's part of why I'm... I almost always advise people against hand tattoos. Because it fades, right? It goes away. Well, not just that. Just think about how much you use your hands. Yeah. Like, really think about it. If I had... I'll draw a line on my finger right now. Uh, grab a marker. I'm drawing a red line on my finger. Say that was a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Does that look like the same line? No. There's all sorts of little creases and cracks in it. Yeah. But that's what happens with finger tattoos. That's why I'm just against... 
I'm not against hand tattoos, but just keep in mind, you're not going to be able to use that hand for a little bit. Yeah. Give it, give it time to heal. Yeah. Be, be practical about your tattoo choices. And so just to talk about like your way into the, uh, the tattoo, tattooing, uh, let's go to the stick and poke. Let's talk about the, that lemon that we got out there. I guess I should back up a little bit. My way into tattooing, I, I started an apprenticeship 10 years ago. And I learned a lot. And I did a lot of the grunt work for that shop. Clean tubes, uh, sweep and mop. I was lucky if I got to do setups and cleanups from appointments. Yeah. Whereas now, I don't do setups and cleanups for anybody else's appointments, just my own. And we work, like, person by person, not for the shop. Okay. Every apprentice works... Every apprentice works for the shop. But the shop also helps every apprentice. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I needed to get that out of the way. Yeah. Now what? Oh, the lemon. So, uh, American traditional tattoos are things like Sailor Jerry. Most people know who that is. He is iconic for traditional tattoos. Okay. Now, what do you call a traditional tattoo? Uh, well, traditional tattoos are a style of tattoos. Okay. They have a limited color palette, uh, super, super thick, uh, dark black outlines. Almost to the point of looking like a sticker. And actually, if you put... Am I traditional? Oh no, my man. That's that's borderline tribal. I'm tribal. You see how bad my stuff is? I can fix that. We gotta talk about what to fix. Because, uh, dude, that barbed wire. Let me tell you the story about this tattoo. Cool? Yeah. Is, uh, I was 15, man. This is already a bad story. <laughs> yeah, it started right there. It's, you know, you if, know, you know everything at fifteen, right? Oh yeah, you know yeah, the world. I, and I knew it all, right? Okay, you remember fifteen? <laughs> and I was hanging out with my buddy, and he done uh, these. What you just saw on my back? Yeah. Uh, he done these tattoos, and he's like, "Oh, you gotta get your tattoo." And I'm like, no, I, I want a tattoo. He kept agging me, agging me. Went weeks. Weeks. Every time we hung out, it's just let me give you a tattoo. Let me. Are you guys still friends? No. I mean, I'm pretty sure after that tattoo, the, I wouldn't be friends with him either. Yeah, the friendship ended there. 
like, uh, uh, anyway, like one night I got just downright plastered. And, uh, and that is uh, bad for a tattoo. How about it? It's the greatest story, kids. Listen to me. I'm trying to save you some trouble. And so, I'm going to tattoo mm. if, if you let me draw it. Now, the barbed wire did not come with it. The barbed wire was just done. It was just his, his little add-on. Check this out. Two of my friends held me up against the wall while he was tattooing me. How, how never... drunk I was. Uh, no. Are these friends? No. And there the thing is. I woke up I next, mean, the, the I three of them next, might be friends, but I woke up next, they are not your friends. I woke up next morning on the guy's couch. He wakes, me, he wakes me up. He's like, hey, man, wake up. Wake up, man. Hey, how's your back? Kind of hurts. Look in the mirror. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. So you weren't you weren't just drunk. I, you were blackout. I was drunk. In, I was incoherent. I didn't know. You you kinda gotta have consent to give a tattoo. It is a. Uh, it is very much in the paperwork. What paperwork? Well, the paperwork that I make people sign when I give them a tattoo. It wasn't none of that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I was like, once, once what, again, what can we do with this? You know? Uh, I can clean it up and maybe, uh, maybe cover up the lettering. Cool. That's up to you? No, I definitely want it covered. Like, I would like, let's transform it into like a dragon or something, right? How about a how about a bat? We'll talk about it. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm uh more sound minded because when I was fifteen I remind you, I knew everything, okay? Oh yeah. You knew everything? I, I knew the world. And then you got blackout drunk and let somebody give you a tattoo. Yeah. Now look, the logic makes perfect sense, folks. You 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 hear how cognitively I was in my frame. And you don't see it. But Alex saw it, and it was bad enough. It was, uh... Remember at the Princess, it, it you needs, asked me on the porch one night to show more. me your tattoo, and I was like, I, nope. will, not, I will not show you it. He said, nope. <laughs> and now you know note. why. I've, I've seen some really <laughs> fucked up tattoos <laughs> in some really fucked up places that people have asked me to look at, and I'm like, there, there have been tattoos that I'm like, I'm... We are in the wrong place to do that. Mm. That that isn't as bad as you think it is. Don't get me wrong; it's bad. It is bad. <laughs> I mean, the barbed wire really sets it off, right? Uh, what about redneck? Does it say redneck? It says redneck. <sighs> Am I redneck? Why do I have that? I never wanted. I never drew that. I can. I can just see me. Though, against the wall, and I was like, I'm going to throw some barbed wire. You better throw some barbed wire on there, pussy. You know? (laughs) I... I will say, it says, uh... I won't say that it says 
redneck, it might say trailer. Oh, it definitely says trailer. It says maybe, trailer part, doesn't it? Maybe, maybe not trailer trash, but it definitely says trailer. No, I think it says trailer trash all the way. I wouldn't take anything away from it. That's why I, th- I feel like like the moment I take off my shirt, is like, now, I've never been around any of you. What you're about to see on my back is not a direct reflection on me, okay? Well, I, f- I feel like it's only fair. If you showed me... <laughs> You showed me your tattoo on your back. I'll show you mine. Fair enough. I'm glad that uh, there is no I hope you no got a tiger. Yeah. No, it's not a not a tiger. It's closer closer to a dragon. That's not that bad though. No, it's not a bad tattoo. That's not. A, that's a, <laughs> it's a. It at least looks good. Like mine don't even look good. Was, uh, like mine is like that old stick and point thing you were talking about. Oh, like the lemon? Yeah. I was like, oh, it's crazy you're doing something like that. I feel like I've been a victim of that. <laughs> well, so tattoo machines have to be tuned to work correctly. So there's a 50-50 chance that it was closer to stick and poke. I guarantee it was... And that, my friend, is why I would prefer to just have my apprenticeship and not be a scratcher. I think we solved the case with my own story. (laughs) So where to now, my friend? Where to now? I want to talk to you a little bit about music. Um, Speaking of music, you asked me a question the other day. Ooh, here we go. Yes, I did. Uh... About Weezer. Here we go. And if you'll if you'll rephrase the recant the question. Alright. I would I do not mind answering the question on uh Alright. And I want you, I want everyone to sound off on this is do you think that Weezer is the champion of nerd rock? I would say yes, absolutely. And it's all up to... Now, granted, you have to understand, like, my Weezer affection. You have to understand that I have Rivers Cuomo's, like, basement tapes at my house that I play regularly. Let's let's take Rivers out of it for this moment. But would you agree that Weezer is, like, the king of nerd rock? I will say, if nothing else, most... They have gotten so much notoriety as a pop band that it's hard for a lot of people to see it, but this is one of the most prolific nerd rock bands of all time. That's just it. That's what sucks. That is what sucks. Is cause think about this. Like Green Day with punk. Green Day went more pop than punk, and now they're yeah. no longer visualized in the punk community as being true well, punk. Well, that's, that's partially because they decided to write a... When fucking, September ends. They, they wrote a fucking rock opera, and that is... At the time, I thought... But do you remember Dookie? I mean, like... I thought oh, yeah. We, I thought at, we were doing things. At, at the time, I initially thought, man, a rock opera by this band? I'm gonna love it. Turns out, I didn't love it. At I didn't all. either. I wouldn't live it a single bit. 
I remember I've only had I'll, I'll I've only me. had a handful of CDs, Alex, that I bought and I immediately threw out my window. And I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry for littering. But I listened to the album. The, and and I, the best part about this is you don't like caution to the wind, you're like, yeah, I don't really care who feels what about this album. I'm sorry for littering. <laughs> yeah. To hell with this album. <laughs> That's it. Out the window. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Man, that is it. Is I don't want this in my truck. I don't want it in my house. No. I, I don't. It belongs on the side of the road. I can't It is dookie. It. And it ain't dookie. Because you did dookie. <laughs> and I remember dookie. Which was a great album. It was a hell of an album. Dookie. Nimrod. Nimrod was dope. Were, these were phenomenal albums. And then you come at me with, uh, wake me up in September ends. Uh, yeah. Why don't you walk right how, down pop culture? How, you, how about, how about, no, you can just stay asleep. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm not waking you up anytime, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to, I might put you in a choker hole while you're asleep <laughs> so you don't wake up. <laughs> But back to Weezer, man. Yeah, let's let's break this thing wide mm. open. Weezer, for the most part, gets a bad rap for a few albums. Uh, which one? Green, blue, red. Um, <laughs> it's crazy how they did their albums, ain't it? Pinkerton. They, they had a whole white album. Yeah. Uh, immediately before he went back to school. It kind of seemed like he was phoning it in. Yes. But at the same time, I understand that like he he probably already just wanted to go back to school. And he's like, I mean, I can keep doing this or I can go finish the thing that I started. Yeah. I've already championed this other thing. Yeah. Let me finish the thing that I started. I'll come back to it. And he did. He very much did. You know their album that got crapped on a lot recently? It, I think it came out two years ago, the Teal album, the cover album. Yeah, yeah. When they did, you know, No Scrubs, and uh, they did Dude, a, they did Africa for, by Toto. For for Can't, one, I'm a, I love cross-genre covers. That is... It is one of my favorite That is my thing about Weezer. Is like that album caught a lot of crap. Now, Africa by Toto, their cover of that, it caught a lot of radio play. But I was like, do not do not dare forget about them covering those scrubs. Dude. And they did take on me. I have learned that song. And it's it not is, easy. Like the guitar part, I'm like, okay, I can I can make my way through it. The vocals? Oh, hell no. That's why I don't cover that song. That's, yeah. Yeah, Rivers, the, Rivers found a way. And I, think, I, uh, I, I, I can't put you on this enough. If you have never checked out like Rivers' basement recording, you can find those at your local music store. They're usually just CD. I don't think they're vinyl. You could probably find it on Spotify or on YouTube, but I would highly recommend that. Is Sit some time with uh, Rivers. Do you know Eric of Say Hi? 
That's Nerd Rock. That is Nerd Rock Prime. He does a fantastic job. Yeah? Um, he was supposed to be at the Sunstroke House. Uh, okay. I don't know if the show will be rescheduled or not. But... Yeah, all... But he... All it, shows have been canceled, and I'm... Yeah. I'm furious about it, but at the same time, but, I understand why. But, yeah, right. Personally, I'm a Nerf Herder fan, and that's the band I was trying to think of the other day when we were on the phone. No way. Nerf Herder. Nerf Herder. Here we go. Never heard of them. Tell me about them. Uh, have you ever seen the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Mm-hmm. So, somewhere in the back of your mind, you can hear the theme song. I think I'm hearing it right now. That's Nerf Herder. No shit. Can I ask you about this? Did you ever watch the TV show Scrubs? Yeah. Did you appreciate what they did for music? More so than some people would acknowledge, but yes. I remember, and this is... Um, I, I didn't appreciate it until I started covering Overkill by Colin, Colin Hay. Hay. And he had an episode rolled in on him. Yep. That And that is the same guy from that Australian band that... Minute work. Down under. Minute work. Yeah. He's the lead singer of Minute Work. Yeah. It that's where it started for me. So we're we're clicking. We're on we're on all pistons I, right here. And you can actually thank the late Rob Swindle for this. He's the reason I cover Overkill. I sat in with him on drums and he played Overkill and it it struck me. I'm glad his name came up. It struck me. You know, um, I was talking to Barb the other day, and I miss that man. You know, I, I didn't know. I knew Rob a year before he passed. Yeah. I met him at a show at the Sunstroke House. And uh, What show, if you don't mind my asking? If you don't remember this one. I want to say it was uh, Sean James. All right. I think he was there on that one. And we sat on the porch. You know, he's going through leukemia at this yeah. point where I met him in his life. And I sat down and got to talking to him. And I picked his brain a little bit. And there was so much there. And then he was on the podcast twice. he come on twice as like representing the Elbow Room. And then at Last Page in Starville, the comic book store there, which I highly encourage everyone to support. That one specifically, but any comic book store. Yeah, just any store like that. Yeah. Support those. Support your local record store. Absolutely. Um... These are, but I, I remember these are mediums that aren't appreciated enough. I remember all our off the mic things, and people may remember Rob a lot differently than I do. Is 
in the year that I met him and added him on Facebook, I knew he was being salty on purpose. Like, cause Rob Rob would post something was and, it, just to it, argue. It wasn't that year. Yeah, that was just Rob. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, and like I say, I, I can't comment. I don't know. I, but like he he would always be so salty, and he was just trying to get a row out of people. You know. Well, if if you don't make people, this is make people think. This is something that I I took away from my time with Rob was. If no one gets in a row about anything, then nobody gets in a row about anything. Right. Nobody's. Think, and that's why I say this no, about Rob. No to, traction, no thought about it. You, even if he was just making you mad, he was making you think. He was making you do something. Yeah. And I had a lot of respect for him for that. In the latter days of the Elbow Room, they were selling comic books. They were selling records they were doing open mic they were doing shows and they had a damn good selection of craft beer that you couldn't get anywhere else at that time in columbus and everything Absolutely. everything that rob done it was i was completely behind and I, I i immediately got behind his vision and i saw what he saw it's like i want something new for the community well something Good. Yeah, not only new, but good. And I wouldn't even say good. I would say great. When have comic books been a bad thing? Never. When has uh, buying an entire album for a dollar been a bad thing? Never. Never. When has free live music been a bad thing never we're back at open mic uh, sitting down with you that is what makes this episode uh, special to me is cause like I find you um just the very center of the music scene in Columbus because you're willing to host that open mic if a bar or venue is willing to support it and I have a tremendous amount of respect for you doing that because that l- that lends itself for people like me or people like any average Joe on the street who thinks he can play guitar. And when or, he steps up there... Or he, even he, doesn't. And he finds out that he can or she can. Absolutely. And that's, that is, that is that's what, what it's all about. That's what Night is for. Like, if you have stage fright, go to an open mic night. Yeah. And if you're scared, ask me and I'll get up there with you. Absolutely. I have no problem getting up there. If you don't have your own equipment, I... I, I never bring my own guitar. I, I, when I come to an open mic, I always anticipate playing yours. I, I bring a guitar <laughs> so that nobody else has to. Like, I... Yeah, sure. I start out the night. But that means that I know that that guitar is in tune. That guitar works properly with the PA. Yeah. We're good to go. Everything is right as rain. Anybody who wants to play has a guitar to play. I set up the drums before I set up the guitars. That way, if you want to play drums, it's there. It's there. You can. You can. That's what I love about our atmosphere. 
Although I will say that the music scene in Columbus is um, shoddy, cho- shoddy at best. Shoddy at best, choking on its last breath. There are so many musicians, and I'm always thankful, and I'm always so happy when I see a Facebook post that open mic tonight. It's gonna be at the tavern. Open mic tonight. It's gonna be a tie of a tie. Open mic at Princess. You know, like things talking about the past. It's like I will absolutely go there and support it. And if there are not people there to play, I'll put my name on the ballot. I'll play because I want this to be a thing. I want people to be able to do this. This needs to happen. We need it. Music in Columbus has been a weird thing. Always the strangest for, for a really long time. And I had, it was super weird having this conversation over a microphone again, (laughs) because the last time I had this conversation was with Hayden Allen. Wow. Music in Columbus specifically comes in waves. Sometimes it's really good and you've got a wealth of bands to choose from. You've got a wealth of venues to choose from, but sometimes it comes in Wait, no, I might have that backwards. Ebbs and flows. One or the other. Okay. Uh, some, sometimes you have high points when everything is good. Sometimes you have low points when nobody's booking. So all of your bands are... We gotta get real jobs. Uh, all of your venues are like, it's not selling. So we gotta do something else. Mm-hmm. And that's how the music scene in Columbus goes. It goes up and down in waves. Right. Uh, I realize right now we're in one of those downs. But that being said... It's not anything of our own cause, though. No, but that being said, all of the musicians are now... Hungry. Tired of being pent up. Hungry. Hungry. Want to get out and play. They want to play. And that... That's what I'm looking for. Back to our original thing. It's like when I want to open mic. I want I want an artist to paint what was seen on the stage that night. I want a spoken word. I want poetry. I want comics. I want musicians. I want our community to show up. In every act of the art. I don't give a damn. If you want to come and do some interpretive dance, I would love it. Bring a mixtape. That would actually be super dope. Wouldn't some it? interpretive dance? Wouldn't it? I know it's out there. I know it's there. Are you telling Dude, me that I we will, don't have that here? I will set up cameras my damn self. <laughs> that like, would be awesome. Why can't we celebrate the people that we have here? Well... When you ask, why can't we? I don't have an answer. Because we can. I've seen it happen. Uh, 10, uh, 15-ish years ago, we would have, like, there were open mic nights. Yeah. And there were shows happening on a regular basis. We had, we were in one of those highs where, like, you had bands on bands on bands. You could Book a band any night of the week. Yeah. At any venue. Yeah. And people would come out to see it. But we had all-star jams. 
where on it might be a Tuesday, it might be a Friday or Saturday, but it might be a Tuesday, it might be a Sunday. You just call all of these bands, and so and so has got to work tomorrow. Yeah. So and so has got to work today. Yeah, like well, it's not a big deal. It's an all star jam. Yeah, so you get. The guitarist from this band is now playing with the bass player from this band and yeah. the drummer from this band. And hey. you get a vocalist from a whole different band. Yeah. And he's just riffing off the cuff. Those times, I miss those times. That was that was what I was That's what I want. That that's what I remember. That is what I'm after. This well, is you I, can't, and I want to celebrate have, all of it. You can't have that. Without having a venue that is open to that sort of environment. And that's why open mic nights are important. Because venues that are open to open mic nights are going to be the venues that will allow you to to expound on that idea. Yeah. Well, man, we got, uh, we got way off. Talking about... Your music and your art. Is there anything else to add or subtract at uh, this point? I th- I think we could cut it off right here and like uh, let's just plan for uh, another one, right? I'm cool with another one. I told you it'd be easy. <laughs> well, Alex, anything else to do before we go? Um. Oh. Uh, the mandatory shameless plugs. Let's do. Uh, so, as far as tattoos, you can find me at Darkwater Tattoo. Uh, I guess look me up on Facebook. Send me a message if you have any ideas or anything. Octavius. Octavius Hinton on Facebook. Uh, there's also. As far as music, Octavius Alexander at Bandcamp. And I have two EPs on there already. There you go. And you'll be hearing more of that because you've already heard it. Well, brother, thank you so much for giving me some time. Anytime. I think we've done something here. Hopefully we can do some more. Will do. Hey, it's been another episode of Porch Talk. We're going to walk it on out of here. Alex, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you.
Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.